Okay, thank you so much for your time. Um, so I have a few questions here. Um, so what are your visions for Starknet down the road? Do you expect to grow as more of an independent ecosystem or as part of an EVM compatible ecosystem focusing on cross-chain interoperability? I, it's certainly going to start as, a, as something that is on top of Ethereum, but I think that thanks to the immense uh, scale that is offered by Starknet, then I think it will just grow to be something that stands on its own. Um, but probably it's gonna just you know like help also Ethereum also yeah. increase in scale. Yeah, um, and get, given the current landscape of uh, booming layer twos, what makes Starknet so unique? Many things. It has the best uh, programming language for smart contracts. It has the best scale. It has the best ability to scale further through fractal scaling in layer threes which is something that Starkware invented. And it is first to production among all validity rollups. So probably it has an advantage in getting the network effect as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you think Starknet has a competitive edge to support development of um, layer three? And how is the building experience or requirement of building on Starknet different from other layer twos? So Starknet is different in having its own language, which is not solidity. Mm -hmm. A lot of the other layer twos um, are Solidity compatible. Um, the programming language of Starknet is Cairo. Yeah. It's a newer language, which means that in many aspects it is uh, more modern and probably better. So Starknet already has account abstraction, yeah. and this has been used, uh, for instance, by Visa and by others to have a much better user interface for end users with mm. a lot of security. Uh, that's just one of the many things that seem to be working better in Cairo. Yeah. So that's our competitive edge. Okay, and as a new language, Cairo has introduced new possibilities in crypto. Um, do you plan to attract new developers to Web3? And if so, what are your plans to achieve this? Yes, we, we do plan, we are attracting new developers to Web3. Uh, we are attracting both people who are already in Web3 and are excited by the scale that only Starknet can offer. Mm -hmm. And we're also attracting people who are currently in Web2, but see the potential that is new in this new ecosystem that is Starknet. So we're attracting from a lot of worlds. And the Starknet ecosystem by now has a number of very um, important organizations that help with onboarding developers like uh, Only Dust and Node Guardians mm. and a few others. Um, that are doing this very important work in expanding uh, the developer base. Great, that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, and also, um, is mass adoption one of the goals for Startnet? And um, if so, what's the approach to that? Mass adoption is certainly uh, a goal of Startnet. Um, blockchain is a technology for social use cases. Mm and uh, it also needs to reach the scale that is needed by social networks and social applications. And um, the way that we are trying to do this is not through hype, but through delivering very good, usable developer tools um, that actually work very well. 
that's our approach. And then the developers are basically spreading the word. Yeah, it's like organic bottom-up yes. approach. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and there's so much. Um, oh, sorry. There's another question before that. Okay. How decentralized is Starknet now, and especially in terms of like sequencers and how to maintain this decentralization when the network grows and scales? So that's a terrific question. There are certain aspects in which the network is very decentralized today. There are, if you count the number of core developers working on the protocol and on um, the tooling. Um, so by now, Starkware is already a small minority in terms of numbers. Uh, there are many, many other teams that are building important parts of the infrastructure. In terms of the sequencer and prover, we just announced today that the prover, as well as the sequencer, is going to be open sourced. And we are currently in the research phases of finding the right protocol for decentralizing the sequencing and the proving. And once we you know, nail down the right initial protocol, we will implement it and you know, basically decentralize this aspect as well. Okay, that's cool. Um... And there's so much attention on the Startnext uh, wallet experience optimization. Um, everyone's aware that there will be a wallet update, uh, and which uh, which aspects of the wallet will be improved? Well, um, through account abstraction, mm -hmm. there is already uh, a much uh, better user experience um, that gives you a lot of safety, in addition to being able to trust some very standard security measures like uh, you know, the ones that you have on your smartphone. Um, and all of this is through account abstraction, teams such as Cartridge and the wallets Argent and Bravos are leading the way here. Um, so, yeah, there, there's going to be a, a very large set of ways in which end users can use uh, and transact and start with in a safe way. It is actually much better and more modern than the experience of, uh, you know, older blockchains. Okay, and the final question is just, um, you do have a token that's already distributed, yes. but you haven't actively started trading uh, for right. these tokens. Is there any plans for that or? Um, so things are in the works, but uh, yeah, there, there are no details to share beyond what is Understand. in the <laughs> blog posts that yeah. appeared. Yeah, okay, that's it for me. Thank you. Okay. Thank, Thank you so you. much. For much for your uh, time. Um, I guess um, the question is, what's the main difference between Kakarot ZK EVM and other ZK EVMs from technical perspective? And uh, can you introduce the advantage of um, Kakarot? I think I think actually that's uh, the the main point of our talk tomorrow. Yeah. It's oh, that, okay. Is that uh, most uh, ZK EVM lead uh, lead teams, uh, tech, technical leaders, have to be cryptographers and um, kind of electrical engineers okay. in the sense that they they design. ZK circuits to build their VM. What we've been doing as engineers is use Kero, which is a high-level language, yeah. somewhat high-level, mm -hmm. to build an EVM, and then Starkware kind of has to handle the ZK part. Yeah. In that, Kero compiles to a provable is a provable language. So anything that executes on Kero is provable. So this is the difference in approach. Other ZK VMs have to build circuits. They have to build low-level circuits to execute EVM code. Yeah. We have to build uh, an interpreter in Cairo, and whatever is outputted by that interpreter is provable. Okay. So the output is the same, yeah. provable uh, EVM execution, and the way we construct it is different. They have a more 
electrical engineering approach <laughs> and we have an engineering approach. Okay. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, so we are done yeah. software engineers. We have just used a new language. <laughs> and they told us at Starkware, and yeah. we believe them, the language yeah. is probable. <laughs> so we say, okay, if you say it, we just repeat, it's probable. But we have just focused on building something like a software engineer would have done with any other languages. Yeah, okay. And so the original intention of creating the Kakarot CKEVM, uh, Abdul was saying that it's to showcase how powerful Cairo is. Is that the same on your case? Um, and what is the positioning of it in the Starkware ecosystem? The original intention. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the original intention was definitely to try it out, just because it seems possible, and yeah. because this this topic like zk EVM has been hot for quite a lot, quite a huge amount of time, and I think that from Starkware's perspective, that decided not to do it. At some point, they decided to move on to do just the tech, yeah. and they realized that their tech. I mean, they were confident about the, the power of their tech, and they realized that with this powerful tech, maybe it was possible to do it. So we just tried. And now it exists, it's been very fast. And the question is actually this one, where will it live actually? How will it be used? Yeah. And this is not 100% true. Okay, that's the unknown now. There are open questions. Yeah. Yes, and Starkware uh, community ecosystem, I think the placement is a community-driven project. Yeah. Uh, Research-based. Uh, research, yeah. Research-based. Research-heavy. Yeah. Uh, open to contribution for anyone. Yeah. And bottom-up. So cool. Bottom-up yeah. governance. Yeah, the community here is so cool. Everyone's just doing all these cool random things. and It's pretty yeah. random. <laughs> I feel like everyone that makes a decision says, why not? Okay, the reason is, yeah. why not? Yeah. I love this energy here. Um, and also, what will the final version of the Kakarot ZK EVM look like? And what value add or optimization will it bring to the Starkware ecosystem? What are some new functionalities made possible with the Kakarot ZK EVM? So, latest version, we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe a smart contract, maybe a whole ch- an app chain. Mm-hmm. Then, what might it bring? I think Clément has started to have an idea. Yeah. So basically, depending on where we put Kakarot in the end, we may have or may not have. But as of today, it's a, s- a smart contract on Starknet, so we can allow from within the zk EVM to call any other contract deployed on Starknet that are not part of the zk EVM world. Meaning that. We allow people to deploy Solidity contracts on Starknet, use it as if it was deployed somewhere else, but still being able to use all the ecosystems. So not, for example, we would not split the, the TVL, you know, it could be just shared tokens being either used from the Starknet uh, contract or from any Solidity contract deployed on this case. It's amazing, yeah. So really yes, cool. our spin on it could be interoperability. Yes. <laughs> that's our spin and that's our goal, but we don't know yet. Yeah. Could be. Okay, and you guys have a fundraising plan down the road? Yeah, probably, yeah. It's, it's probably, it probably happened by the end of the, the quarter, two quarters. Yeah, quarter or semester, something like that. End of uh, Q, Q1. And yeah, Q1, Q1 or Q2. Q2. Okay. Q1 or Q2. Cool, okay, that's all from me. Very. Okay. Um, thank you Thanks. so much yeah. for it. Okay, sure. Um, so does Starkware have any plans for like further implementation of layer 3? And if so, in what direction? Um, what kind of applications would be a good fit for layer 3? Okay, that's a very good question. So, uh, Starkware and layer 3. Um, to put it simple, we kind of invented layer 3. I mean, that's a big word, but right? The, the, the first sort of like conceptualization mm-hmm. and public discussion about layer 3 started with a blog post by Gidi uh, from Starkware. So, yes, we have very clear plan around, um, around uh, L3s. Um, the, the, and, what, uh, and, and those plans are still in discussion of how they would incarnate, how they would look like, what they, how, what they would do, etc. Yeah. 
Uh, many companies and projects are coming to us right now about L3s, things like Kakarot, right? I mean, not him, but Kakarot or uh, Radius or Slash or various other projects that are interested into using L3s. Now, the use cases are rather plenty. Um, you have to, I mean, L3s is the, just the best way for you to spin out your app chain. So today, app chain already exists in the network on Ethereum. Yeah. They are called StarkX. Uh, so Rare, Immutable, Diversify, DYDX, Apex, all of those are app chains. They are very dedicated app chains, but they are app chains. And the idea is at some point for them to move to start to as L3s. Why? Because it's going to be cheaper. And so the, the whole idea here is that any application that required guarantee uh, throughput, guarantee that doesn't require composability because it's a payment system, because it's a game, because it's a privacy solution would be uh, legible to be added Yeah, okay. Yeah. And okay, what is the future upgrade plan for Chiral and what new values would it bring to the Starboard cool. ecosystem? Um, cool. And what are your expectations for the complete version of Chiral? Which verticals will benefit from growing sure. it? Yeah. So, 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 first of all, that was a very good question. And I pretty, thank you very much. Like, no, and I'm thinking that's as a side comment. Like, there people usually ask me, like, rather, Shallow questions are really good questions. <laughs> we did our research. No, you did, and very impressive already. So, okay, first come. Um, uh, the future plan. So there is, StarkNet right now is going, undergoing three major updates. Uh, the transition from uh, Cairo 0 to Cairo 1, basically, we, basically what now we call Chasm, uh, Cairo Assembly, and to Cairo, which is like the newer version. Um, this is the first step. This change um, enables us to add something called Sierra. Sierra is a mandatory middle step. It means safe intermediate representation, and it is something that is fundamentally, I mean, that is fundamental for the behavior of StarCraft. Sierra enables us to, uh, to do things like proving failed transaction, which makes us re re um, um, uh, rely uh, uh, resilient to um, DDoS attack or like, you know, to DDoS attack on the network, on the decentralized network. So, when, so there is Cairo 1, the language, which is, I'm going to get there much better. There is Sierra, the tool, to which, which is fundamental to Cairo and enables the network to be decentralized. And there is Sierra that also gives you the ability to uh, separate logically what proving means from what execution means. And so, Today, what people don't understand when it comes to StartNet is that the biggest blocker is not the proving. Proving is solved. Proving is easy. Proving is trivial. What's complicated is execution. What is trivial for I don't know, Solana or, or, or Ethereum is harder for us. Why? Because our VM is slower when you execute things. Because it's made for proving, not executing. And so CRI gives you this intermediate step that enables you to both target a nice environment whenever you want to prove, but also a nice environment when you want to execute. So you have to understand when you think StarkNet, there is not one network of validators, sequ sequencer, provers. It's a network of sequencers yeah. and an external network of provers. Sometimes they overlap, sometimes they don't. But logically speaking, they actually don't operate at the same time. And you will learn more about this tomorrow as uh, Ilyas talk about uh, the protocol. So. Caravan is a main, and now there's Caravan in the language, which is, if you look at Caro Zero today, Caro Zero is like, it could look a bit like C. It's very raw. It has 
everything is leaky in the sense that you, you need to understand what's going on underneath to write a program that is optimized and work X, Y, Z. With Carol 1, it looks like Rust. It looks like a higher-level language. That with all the benefits of Rust and the, all the benefits of using like higher-level language. And so the idea that Eli was talking before that Cairo was the best language for proving was true today, but the idea that tomorrow Cairo will be the best language for less programming language any, anyhow because of this nice dev experience and all the new features we're bringing with Cairo. And finally, Sierra, this building block, is also going to be integrated in their network in the, to do something called Regenesis, which enables us to benefit from all the advances Cairo will bring. So, to summarize, because it was a very long explanation, <laughs> you have three things yeah. that is coming with Carol. You have Carol the language, which is going to be like Rust-like, and ideally the best possible language for smart contracts. You have Sierra that enable us to prove, to make us DDoS resistant and will be uh, pushed into Regenesis. And Sierra will also enable us to solve the, the, the sequencer, which is our biggest bottleneck now, and uh, give us all the, the, the throughput that we want. I'm just gonna check if... Okay, and a follow-up question. When can Cairo be used to write provable programs, such as writing like a layer three app? So, um, you, tomorrow you're gonna hear about how Yearn okay. <laughs> is, Yearn, the Yearn Finance, is using Cairo to uh, make provable um, rebalancing of their vote. Okay. Um, so you can do it today or okay. almost today. Yeah. Uh, you can do it via Starknet, you can do it using like recursion, using Snarks. People are working on plenty of solutions to bring L3s using Snarks, using Snarks, using other ways. Okay. Cool. And so you can start today. Um, and how do you aim to build like a thriving ZK rollup ecosystem? What makes Starcrack a strong, strong ecosystem? I mean, your reader won't see this, but you've been here <laughs> and you talk to people and this guy flew from Paris to come and this guy also assumed and, uh, and, uh, and I think we already get there. We already got there. Yeah. So the question is a bit different. The question is how and what like why StarkNet have a Friday ecosystem? Because we do at this point. Mm. And the reason is because we thought from the get-go that ecosystem building or you know, adoption is not something that money can solve. It's a question about making connection, being providing blood and sweat and, and, and you know show them show care and love and show that you want to help the people building on your stuff to be successful. And so if you come here and start where most of the vast majority of the company and the builders right now are first entrepreneurs, some either straight of high school or maybe 10 years of industry. But one thing they share is curious mind, willing to do the, to try the new things and not just copy the Uniswap N plus 35 and make weird shit. <laughs> and, and which is like, there is a reason, the, the Starkman Star uh, slogan, yeah. which kind of came along mm, randomly was, okay. it's like, keep Starkman strange. 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 Because people do really weird shit. Like, <laughs> like this guy uh, made like, uh, uh, he made a, 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 like an abstraction that cannot be abstract. Uh, <laughs> that's what he did. I mean, I'm sorry. It's a story. Okay. Uh, it's weird. I, I don't know. So this is like I'm trying to say. That's always pushing boundaries. It's a bit of a cliche to pushing boundaries. Like, yeah. Just do useless cool stuff. And you'd be surprised. 
most of the time those useless cool stuff are not just useless. Yeah. But people don't understand that. They don't okay. understand. So this this is kind of in your ethos. Like yes, completely. A, yeah. Like do random stuff, but like yeah. not completely. Just don't try. You know, anytime someone comes to me with a project and they try to tell me, oh, I'm gonna sell it to X Y Z, I'm like, no, you're not gonna sell it to anyone. You're fucking. You're, you don't know anyone anything about selling. <laughs> you never sold anything in your life. You don't know how to sell. Are you gonna speak for a few more minutes? Uh, two more. Yeah, one more minute. Uh, two more minutes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, sure. Um, it's Nitos, yes, it's Nitos. Okay. Keep Stark and Strange, that's Nitos thing. Keep, keep, okay. Keep Stark and Strange. Okay, and um, is there any focus on use cases or verticals that StarkNet ecosystems particularly interesting building, for example, DeFi, gaming, social fire, and what support can developers receive from the ecosystem? Uh, so, very question. Um, no, there is no vertical. People do random stuff. Yeah, They do exactly. strange things. And that's actually, you know why the gaming ecosystem is thriving on StarkNet? Yeah. Because it's fucking weird. Those guys, like, you know, there is a guy who's building like a non-chain word. I mean, yeah. why is that useful? I don't know, but he loves it and he's passionate about it. He believes that he's gonna, it's gonna be like, it, he has his inspiration is a free, free body problem and he wants to basically make the free problem a reality. Yeah. And, 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 and this is like, there is something beautiful about it. There is something beautiful about trying new things, you know? And it's just organic. You exactly. just have organic growth exactly. from bottoms up. And yeah. so the, the support we gave is tiny. The only thing I can tell them for a dev that comes to me is like, dude, you can reach out to me any time of the day. I will help you. Yeah. I will find you a job. I will, I will do my fucking best to connect you to the right people, to uh, invite you to the event when I can, inform you. Yeah. I'm your friend. Yeah. Reach out. That's the way to go. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Okay, just a few more sure questions. Um, how many developers are there currently in the software ecosystem? So, and, according to yeah. the to the Electric Capital uh, report, you know yeah. about it? Not really. <laughs> oh, the, the, the Electric Capital is a is a VC that makes okay. every year a, a report about yeah. uh, ecosystem. Dev okay. ecosystem. You can look it up. Okay. There is right now. So, you need to think in comparison. And so, Starknet right now rank I think six in the, mix, the number of, of full-time devs mm -hmm. uh, worldwide in any ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, and 120. Starknet, according to the report, Starknet has twice as many full-time devs than Aptos and Sweet. Wow. Okay. Um, and probably three times more part-time devs. Oh. Okay. At, four, at 350. I know that we have more devs than that. Yeah. Uh, we have probably around, from my from my perspective. Active dev, active in the community. We have 130 people coming to the building. It's the, the Akia House, in, which, okay. is, which is not, by the way, not organized by Starkware. Okay, it's organized by themselves. It's, like, it's, it's actually not itself. It's organized yeah. by Only Dust, which is like a company that ah, does okay. open source funding and stuff. Okay. And so, I think we're at the community right now would be worldwide 600, 700 active devs. Okay. But the, 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 just the, the, I won't quote you on it. Yeah, exactly. But like, yeah. you can you can use the, the data from the uh, from the, from the developer report. report yeah. Developer okay, report. Cool. Um, okay. And, are and, there... and and we are the fastest growth. If you look at the growth, yeah. we are growing almost as fast as BNB chain in terms of the Wow. Okay. I can show you the numbers. Okay. Yeah. The... Um, and there are a lot of native projects on Startware ecosystem. Um, but how do you? aim to kind of attract projects from other blockchains or networks to expand or migrate to Starware. Sorry? So there are many native projects on Starware ecosystem. Yes. Um, how do you aim to attract projects from other blockchains? So that's a very good question. Yeah. Um, so we weren't, we weren't, we didn't feel ready to do it before and now we're starting to feel okay. ready. So we didn't start this, this, uh, this work. Uh, we did it a couple of times with Maker and Aave. Mm -hmm. Now we're starting to, we're going to push more, but now that Caravan is live. 
because Cairo Zero was so rough, you only need people who could eat glass. It's shoe glass, and they have no issue doing that. And by the way, you're kidding. This is not a joke. I literally said that in Denver last year. There was this panel with every L2, and we're like, oh, you know, the dev, how do you plan to work on the dev experience? Like, oh, we're all 3 d compatible. It's great, it's great. Like, no, no, no. Starknet dev needs to like to shoe glass. And you know what the truth is? They loved it. Yeah. Because it's true. Yeah. Cairo is hard, and that's why the opportunity is there. If it was easy, you know, everyone will be there. It, it's, the interesting thing happens when things are hard because it's, you know, everyone has the energy and the passion to do it. Yeah. And this is what makes... And the, that's what makes them stay. Exactly. Let them stay. That's why, you know, they, 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 that's what, try to write the, the right day that come for the tech and write, look at that thing like, shit, this is what I need. It's hard, it's tough, it's rough, but it's what I need. That's yeah. it. Amazing, yeah. Um, and then I think two last hard questions. Sure. What do you think of the recent contro- controversy between ZK and OP, and also that about Sorry, the DYDX um, leaving Ethereum and Starkware to build a native chain uh, on Cosmos ecosystem? Do you think the departure of DYDX has any big impact on Starkware? I, I, I no. Okay, so yeah. I I'd rather not answer that last question. There okay. is a. I can give you of. Thank you so much for your time. Um, just wanted to understand what's the main difference between Kakarot ZKEVM and other ZKEVMs from a technical perspective. Uh, can you introduce the advantage of Kakarot ZKEVM? Sure, of course. Um, so the main advantage of Kakarot is the fact that it is being built with Cairo. Uh, that means that by design it is already uh, provable. Every program that you write in Cairo is probable. So that means that we implemented the logic of the EVM in Cairo and it became a ZKVM. And why I think this is the main advantage of Kakarot is that because Cairo is very flexible. Um, for example, other ZKVM, they are implementing uh, custom circuits for all the opcodes of the EVM. And the process of building those circuits is very hard and very complex and it takes a lot of time. Uh, with Kakarot, like, I mean, we implemented the full uh, ZK EVM in two months and a half. Uh, that means a lot like, about how flexible is the language and how it can be a very strong competitive advantage of uh, Kakarot. Yeah. Okay, let me see if... And, and what's the original intention of creating Kakarot ZK EVM and what is the positioning of it in the Starcore ecosystem? Yeah, so basically the original idea of Kakarot was exactly to showcase the power of Cairo. Because you know, at Starkware, we decided from the beginning not to be EVM compatible. Because the promise of Starkware is, okay, we are not EVM compatible, but we designed the best system for maximum efficiency of the proving system. Because initially, like the EVM when it was designed, uh, at the creation of Ethereum. Obviously, at this time, the ZK uh, proofs uh, domain was not as advanced as it is now. So, the EVM was not designed to be ZK friendly. So, that means that there were some design choices of the EVM that make it hard to be uh, provable. Um, so, obviously, at Starkware, we have built Starknet, which is not EVM compatible. The idea of Kakarot was not to say we need uh, EVM compatibility on Starknet. This was not the purpose, the original purpose. The original purpose was to showcase that Cairo is so powerful that you can build crazy complex stuff with it. And EVM was the 
real cool showcase of that because EVM is complex. Uh, it's a very big program, uh, a very well-known example also as well. So it was the best showcase to, sh uh, to, to show how powerful is Cairo. Okay, great. Um, and what will the final version of Kakarot ZKEVM look like? What value add optimization will it bring to the Starcore ecosystem? And what are some new functionalities made possible with the Kakarot ZKEVM? Yeah, okay. Um, so the final version of Kakarot uh, might be uh, a layer 3 on top of Starknet. Uh, because with a layer 3 on top of Starknet, you can have full flexibility. Uh, because like on layer 3, you can have uh, your own chain, you can define your own rules, and you can make it optimized for uh, EVM uh, purposes. Uh, where on Starknet layer 2, you depend on the Starknet protocol. Uh, so that means that you will have some limitations. So the end goal of Kakarot might be an L3 with uh, full flexibility, building a, a, a Kakarot chain that will generate proof, proofs and submit them and verifying them on Starknet layer two. Uh, layer two so, yeah. Cool, yeah. And is there any fundraising plans in the future for uh, Kakarot? Yeah, so Kakarot now, so we created the project at Starcraft, but now it became a community-driven project. And um, the, 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 the core contributors of Kakarot from the community, they are creating a, a company, and they will actually do a fundraising with VC. They, okay. they are discussing right now about it, so it will, ha it uh, will happen. Theodore. Yeah, yeah, okay. it will happen anytime soon. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, I think that's all from okay. me. Thank you so okay. much. Much for your time today. Um, so uh, the first question is: um, after Proto Dank sharding, um, what's the next step towards Dank sharding? And uh, yeah, that's the first question. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so Proto Dank sharding was designed uh, with the goal that basically upgrading it will become really easy. So it's basically already uses all the cryptography and all the basic components that we need for full sharding. Um, and then what, what that means is that we can uh, gradually upgrade it without actually needing to hard fork Ethereum again. So basically all the next steps will be things that we can do on the networking layer. And uh, there are some, some things we can probably do like quite soon. So there are like, for example, some optimizations we can do to more efficiently transmit the blobs on the network. And that will make it uh, probably possible to like do a small amount of scaling, like maybe a factor of two or four or something of the number of commitments that we can allow. Um, and I, I can see that quite soon. That might happen like half a year to a year after the first implementation. And then the big upgrade will be to implement uh, data will be something. And again, like some clients could actually choose to do that uh, to like just basically prototype an implementation and allow some people to use that even without everyone on Ethereum doing it initially. Um, but like to fully roll it out to the full Ethereum network, the big uh, thing that really still needs to happen is some research on the networking on how to build a robust layer to uh, query these samples. Uh, let me just check if... Okay, and what's the biggest value add that dank sharding brings? Uh, does the implementation of dank sharding make it possible for some kind of new applications to emerge? And what else should we expect? Right, so, I mean, in a way, what dank sharding does is it brings, finally, a scalable data availability layer to Ethereum. So I think um, the, the value add is that uh, on rollups, at least, you can 
finally have like a large number of uh, transactions, which means that they're going to be cheaper. And uh, to me, that just means, I guess we're finally ready to actually get the full potential of crypto, like all the things that people imagined in 2014, 2015, um, early on when uh, Ethereum was designed and built, um, that these can actually uh, really not just be implemented, but also be used by a large number of users. And um, yeah, I mean, I think like the possibilities are endless. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see a lot. And I still think like even the basic applications, like even just payments uh, is, is a huge application if we can finally make it cheap and scalable. Yeah, okay. Um, and do, you, uh, do optimistic rollup and ZK rollup receive the same benefit from protodeck charting and deck charting? Uh, largely yes. So like they're like both both ultimately what they need in order to have cheap transactions and be scalable is just a data availability layer that they can use that uh, is, is like yeah brings them much more data than like uh, call data on Ethereum right now and um, yeah they can benefit from it in the same way they're just like some different details on how exactly they have to implement the blocks. Okay, got it. Um, and what's your vision for storage on Ethereum post sharding? Do you see any project working on this already? Um, okay, so can you can you clarify what you mean by storage? Um, so you did mention this morning that it would right. be temporarily stored. Right, um, I see. Yeah. Um, okay, so basically uh, what Ethereum will not be responsible for is the state of the rollups. So um, Ethereum is responsible for posting all the data that is needed to update the state, but the state itself, um, the rollups will have to figure out how they maintain it and potentially um, how they incentivize to maintain it. Yeah. And I think like and that's up to them. Too. That is yeah. in a way up to them. Um, I think there are like already ideas and solu solutions emerging, um, but it's uh, yeah. I mean that it it depends on the size of the rollup. Like for the kind of rollups that we see right now. I don't really see it as a major problem because yeah. the state is still small enough that uh, it will it will not be lost. It will just be around, like even if you don't have any particular incentives around it. But if you do want to like design rollups that ultimately have like a much much larger state, um, which I think people absolutely should, then yeah, it's really worth thinking about how you're going to incentivize it. Um, and the final question is, do you see any new use cases enabled by Protonic charting, like social or like gaming? And what's a new exciting new use cases you're looking forward to? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's very interesting. And like, yeah. uh, for sure it's true. And um, I, I do think exactly like what you mentioned, like social and gaming uh, ultimately will profit from having like much, uh, much cheaper transactions and definitely like social for example I found quite super interesting in general and crypto because it's an application that does not necessarily depend on any like real world bridges like say like how financial applications become much more interesting if you can have securities on, on Ethereum which is obviously like quite a hard problem from a regulatory perspective. But in social and gaming, we can do a lot of things without necessarily needing these. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that. Um, and I, I think like I'll, all of these will be enabled by actually having a scalable yeah. uh, base layer. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. So that's all the questions.